0: Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor, Daryl Feemster.
1: Well, Happy New Year. This is usually a time when people make New Year's resolution, and so I made mine. I'm not going to make any resolutions. Because I've discovered most resolutions I don't keep past the first four or five days you know, New Year's is a time when people usually take stock and evaluate, look at the past, look at the future, evaluate their lives and plan new courses of action to better our lives. And we do it, isn't it funny, we do it every year and usually with little success. As I was praying about 2022, I got a strange word for me. I didn't get a a promise word. I, I think it's literally a word of instruction. And I got the word recalibrate. Rec- recalibrate. In other words, instead of resolving and trying, maybe we should try something different. As far as I know, recalibrate's not a Bible word, so I couldn't look it up in a concordance, so I googled it. Recalibrate means to calibrate again. I got it. I got it. Recalibrate again. Now, being from Texas, I didn't know what calibrate was, so I looked up calibrate, and it means to check or adjust by comparison with a standard. It is to re-examine and adjust or correct to the standard by which you measure something. This is deer season, so hunters would know before deer season started, they... They have a rifle scope, and for you hunters, you zero it in on a target at a certain range in order to ensure accuracy when the season comes. For a builder, it's the plumb line. You can put it on the mark and receive and know what the true center is or the straight line is. You have a, a calibration, but that's not the one that came to me. The one that came to me first, I told you the good ones before this. The one that came to me first is, some of you won't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you will. How many of you remember the bathroom scales that had the little dial? And you had to put it to straight zero. The kids are saying, do what? You put it to zero before you stepped on it. And I probably the reason that that came to mind is because I always fudge the zero. Moved it back because I knew when I stood on it, it wasn't going to be good news. Calibrate. To recalibrate is to do it again and again. Well, what would be that calibration for the believer? Well, I believe it's Jesus Christ. He's our zero standard. To calibrate our life would be to adjust our whole life to Jesus Christ. To recalibrate is to do it again. Well, why would you want to do it again if you've calibrated your life to Jesus Christ? Because things change. Things get out of adjustment, get out of focus, give the wrong measurements, and we change oftentimes with it. Sometimes even without realizing it. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 3 for the next couple of weeks, this morning and then two more weeks. And uh, we're going to be talking about recalibrate. And oftentimes at New Year's, uh, you hear a part of verses that's found in... uh Philippians 3 verses 13 and 14, but here's what you usually hear at, uh, at New Year's. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You ever hear that? I'm, I'm forgetting what's behind, I'm pressing forth to the high calling of Jesus. Well that's a great, that's a great goal. That's a great standard. But what does it mean? It's a great calibration point. But, but how are you, how are you doing with that? How do you know that high calling in Christ Jesus? You're right. It's a good zero. It's a good standard on the scale. But, but how do you measure that you're pressing toward that? Let's be honest. 2020 and 2021 have stretched us and stressed us not just physically but spiritually more people are doubting and fearing and falling and failing life has thrown us a curve maybe it's time we recalibrate i want you to look at verse 3 of philippians 3 it's going to be on the screen and And it has some light blue lettering in there, and that's where there's an for explanation. For we who are born again, have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for His purpose, are the true circumcision, who worship God in the Spirit and glory, take pride, exalt, and boast in Christ Jesus, and have or give no place of confidence in what we have, have, or what we've done, or who we are in the flesh. God's Word translation says it this way, We are the true circumcised people of God, because we serve God's Spirit, and take pride in Christ Jesus, and we don't place any confidence in physical things. In verse 3, I think we find the zero... For a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, we worship, serve, and live by the Spirit of God. We take pride, boast, glory in Jesus Christ. And number three, we don't have any confidence in physical things or accomplishments or attainments. That was the New Testament standard of the Christian life. I'm going to say something, I want you to hear me. Much of what is being propagated as Christianity in our day is nothing more than humanism that is put on religious language and spirituality. It uses spiritual terms, it promises spiritual rewards, it compromises with cultural sin, and it is empty of life-changing, transforming power. We're living in a day... When people are picking up religion like they pick up a pair of shoes, they try them on for size and if they, to see if they fit. And if they fit, if the fit is comfortable, then they wear it for a while. It's so easy to move from Jesus to form or to performance. Are to practice, or works. To get caught up in the motion of so-called spirituality and movements of the same. And we'll get off center. And you trust in yourself and your accomplishments and what you've done, what you know, what you believe, where you came from, what you see as truth. And you lose the center, the zero, the the reality of who is the real truth. For Paul, who wrote Philippians chapter three, he was once known as Saul of Tarsus. And he who wrote these words, I want you to understand, he didn't pick Jesus, Jesus picked him. You see, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, was an upcoming Pharisee who was convinced that Jesus was a blasphemer, and everyone who believed him were, believed in him were enemies of God, perpetuating a lie of the resurrection. So with letters from the high priest, he set out to destroy this new way. That's what it was called, the way. And to bring things back to normal, even though normal was religious, uh, compromise, uh, religious standards that no one could live up to, and slavery to the Roman Empire, that was their normal. In other words, Saul of Tarsus wanted everyone to be as trapped as he was in religion. But on his way to Damascus, and that's what we usually remember the road to Damascus, it's in Acts chapter 9, on his way to Damascus something happened that changed everything. In his own words, and as they're found here in Philippians 3, he was apprehended of Christ. He was apprehended. It's not that something just literally happened to him on the way, but something happened in him. This one event, this transforming event that took place on the Damascus Road and the few days following when he heard the voice... This one event became the foundation, the reason of everything Paul did from then on. Paul didn't suddenly become interested in this thing called the way. He was convinced that he was right and the way was wrong. Until he experienced something that thoroughly convinced him that he was wrong and Jesus was right. He could never again be half hearted about it. It was either or it was all in. It was not a religion with rules, but a relationship with one who had risen from the grave and who now had a vest a vice like grip on his heart. Look at verse twelve. Paul says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm trying to get a hold of what's got a hold of me. I'm trying to grasp that which has grasped me. Now I want you to listen to me. Paul's Christianity wasn't that he had found a new way or a new rule. It wasn't that something had been added to his life. Everything had changed. At the very core of his being and existence, this new someone had come in and controlled everything now. His thinking was changed. His feelings was changed. His own will was changed. He had a completely new view of himself. And he who had once thought he was somebody realized there was somebody and he was nothing. Now here's the point. Paul said, now I could if you wanted me to. If you wanted to talk about bragging, I could be the bragging. Verse 4 says, in New Living Translation, I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. I could brag about me. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. And then the next verse is verses 5-6. Paul begins to list his resume. You'll see it on the screen. First of all, there was the pride of ancestry circumcised of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Circumcised on the eighth day. I was exact. I was a true Jew. A true Jew always did it on the eighth day. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe that gave Israel her first king. In other words, I was from the top drawer of humanity in Judaism. Judaism. The pride of ancestry, the pride of orthodoxy, concerning the law of Pharisee. In other words, we were the real deal. We were the ones who, who wanted the people... The reason all Jews were in such trouble is they would forgot the book. So we were bringing them back to the book. We're the real deal. That's who I was. Pride of orthodoxy. The pride of activity concerning zeal. Persecuting the church. The pride of morality concerning righteousness which is in the law, blameless. It's like Paul list out he had all the boxes listed of spirituality, of that which mattered, and that which was he he, he had as a life goals, and he had checked all the boxes. Pride, religious duty, spirituality. But look at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I counted loss for Christ. It's like Paul took all that he had in the profit scale of the bookkeeping, my ancestry, my orthodoxy, my activity, and my morality, and he had listed them out, checked the boxes of all those things. Those were the things that he was proud of, and suddenly... Verse 7, he says, for all those things that were gained to me, I moved them to loss for Christ. Look at the Amplified on the screen. It says, but whatever former things were gains to me as I thought then, these things once regarded as advancements in merit, I have come to consider as loss absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ and the purpose which He has given my life. It's like Paul has one list and all of a sudden right beside it he has a new list and that list has only one name and that name is Jesus the Christ. Compared to Jesus, all of this is nothing. Absolutely worthless. It was no longer about what he valued in life, it was about being valued by Christ. It was no longer about Paul, it was about Jesus. I want to read to you these seven through nine in the message translation. It says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, <clears throat> along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. On that road, the Saul of Tarsus realized everything that he thought was going to make him right with God was making him wrong. He couldn't live up to it. Christ had gone to the cross, paid the just price for sin, for the sin of mankind, and now God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, could give to Paul and everyone who believed in Jesus the very righteousness full of justice and the just right to be right with God. God's righteousness. To everyone who would believe, Paul suddenly realized everything he'd been fighting for, living for, he got free in Jesus. Forgiveness, acceptance, freedom. Now his boast was in Christ and his promises. And now he's stretching to get a grasp on that vice grip, grasp that had been on him. Maybe it's time that we recalibrate to Jesus Christ. To get back to what really counts and go from there. And here's what I mean by that. It is so easy to start counting on what you've done. What you've been, what you've believed, what you think the group you're in, what you believe is truth. It's so easy to center your life on what you've been taught instead of the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time we tweak that. You know, I piddle with... Computers. I try to use them every now and then, but I, I, I enjoy computers. And and usually when something... Have you ever had a, a the computer get stuck on you? I mean, you're trying to do so. It's just not doing what you thought... What you've commanded it to do, it's just not working. Computer's all messed up. And the more you try... And, and let's just be honest. We try this and we try that and we try the next and we'll try everything we can. And finally, when nothing else is working, on a Macintosh, you punch the power button and you hold it in for five seconds... And it'll turn off and turn back on. It's called a reset. On a Windows computer, for you poor people that use Windows. (laughs) Now listen to these words. You hear you hit control, alt, and delete. And it'll shut down and reboot. Reset. But listen to that. I give up control and every alternative and delete what I'm thinking and let it reboot, reset. This is a time that you and I have opportunity to reset, to recalibrate to the true zero, the true target who is Himself Jesus, our Christ. I trusted Christ. And this is very personal to me. The message I'm preaching to you, you know how I preach, I preach to me. So I'm saying amen to me. Because I know God's saying this to me. Because I've watched the journey in my life. I was saved. I, I came to Christ at nine years old. I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was baptized. I was attending church. I was part of Sunday school. Uh, I was learning. Uh, I even went to church training. Uh, I went to visitation on Wednesday night Bible study. But But when I was... I got into my teenage years when I was 15... I came to a place where I knew everything was off center in my life. I knew I was chasing the wrong things. I was and and I and at fifteen I recalibrated. I didn't know that term at the time and I didn't know that's what I was doing. But what I did is I surrendered to Christ afresh. In in our terms, you'd rededicated your life. I, I but that's not even the point. The point is it's not about me dedicating something, it's about me surrendering and submitting to the zero again. As a teen, you know, you thought, "Now, now, I've done it." I mean, I got saved at 15. I, I, I surrendered, and at 19, I woke up to myself, and I was so full of myself, so full of pride, uh, so arrogant. I needed to reset again. So again, I surrendered to Christ. Only this time, I surrendered to preach and to follow Him. From then on, I mean, I finally got it right. Right. I got married, finished school, started to pastor a church, was growing in church work, was moving up and moving onward. And in 1983, the ministry and me and life and everything else came crashing in on me. The church was growing, the family was happy, had kids, but I was miserable. I needed a new, fresh recalibration You've heard me tell the story if you've been a part of New Covenant many many times, and I'm not going to go into the story, but of that Florida experience of change, of transformation, and what I wanted to show you this morning is I found that paper that I wrote out in Florida, found it in my files, and this is my handwriting and those kind of things. But what I want you to say is I've told that story. I don't know how many years I've told that story and told that. St- You're getting tired of hearing the story. But here's the point. I had written down some things that I didn't remember. In bold print, the boldest print that I know of this page, I wrote this down. No thing in my life is more important than God. I came to the place in my life, in my ministry, that I had to surrender and align again that nothing, no, no, Not. no, not nothing... No thing, nothing, nothing, nothing in, in, in physical, in spiritual, nothing in my life. No thing in my life is more important than God. And I listed out some things, but here's the other part that I'd forgotten. That sounds so cliche, but for me it was a surrender, it was a realignment, it was a recalibration. And here's what else I wrote on that page. I kind of wrote a contract with God. And I wrote this. I understand there is no such thing as instant maturity. By my will, I, Daryl Feemster, choose to make Jesus Christ Lord, Master, Ruler, Authority in my life. I renounce all my title to my life and give everything to Jesus for His keeping and His disposal I own nothing now I have no right to my own life I reckon it I count it to be Christ and then I signed it it's not here's the here's the point I have been doing that again and again and again. Because we get off. We get off. You're thinking you're doing what you've always done. You're thinking that everything's okay. But I'm asking you at the beginning of 2022, would you again turn the dial of your heart and see where your center is. Where is your zero? Have you ever been apprehended by Christ? Have you felt His hand upon you? Have you been taken hold of? Do you know the feeling that even if you wanted to, you couldn't get away from Him? Do you need a reset to give up control and there be no alternative and delete whatever thing that you're counting on except Jesus Christ. Then by an act of your will, write out your own contract with God. Renounce everything that you're depending on that you think is going to get you through except the one thing that Got's, that's got you, and that's Jesus Christ. Renounce your right to your life and give yourself to the keeping and the disposal of Jesus Christ the Lord. And that's where I'd ended in my preparation for the message, and then the Lord gave me something else. He said, tell them this promise. Whatever is given to Jesus becomes most holy to the Lord let me read you the promise. John six thirty seven, All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. Verse 39 of John 6. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that of all that He's given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Jesus has got a vice-like grip on your life. He's holding on to what you've given Him. And He's not going to let go. It's time this morning that we recalibrate to the zero. To who is the one who really loves us? Who's the one that's made the promise? Who's the one that's going to keep us? Who's the one that's going to get us there? His name is Jesus. I want to say a prayer for us this morning. I want you to stand with me. In this prayer, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you have no understanding of a transformed life, church and Christianity for you deciding to, to, to join something. If you've never had an encounter with Jesus Christ to where your life has been grabbed hold of by God, if you'll agree with this prayer, I believe God will do a work... In your heart this morning, if you 've been a Christian for a long time, but you know as as you 've gone through life you 've you 've bounced off the borders, and this morning, God is wanting to call you back to center, call you back to zero, to recalibrate your heart. I believe if you 'll agree with this prayer, I believe God will do that with you so. Let me pray this prayer and you, you just in your heart say yes if it's an agreement with you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You that You will not give up on me. I know You keep drawing me back, convicting and convincing me that You are there. I am so sorry that I get so easily diverted and disinterested. I acknowledge my sin. And my trying to cover it and excuse it. I open up before You. I give my life to You. Thank You that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. I believe You. I trust You. Transform me. Recalibrate me to Your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, change anything in me that is out of place with the Father. And I say to You, I have no right to my life any longer. I give it to You afresh again. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Father takes hold and will restore and will take You to fulfill the purposes that He created you for as you trust Him. Receive this blessing over your life as we are through.
0: to start out the new year Well, before we glo- close this morning we have uh, just a couple of announcements and something else I want to share with you that, that I've done for the last four or five years I think at the beginning of each year and it's just an encouragement to you uh, I would encourage you if you have not done it or never done it uh, reading through the whole Bible in a year uh, that's something that I've done for longer than I can remember now and um, and, and I've actually uh, used a tool called the Daily Audio Bible, and it's actually, uh, someone reads the Bible, you can get on a, like a podcast or listen to it, you can go to dailyaudiobible.com, there's lots of them out there, there's lots of reading plans out there, but basically what you accomplish is, if you start on January 1st, uh, December 31st, you will have read the entire Bible, or listened to the whole Bible. Um, in Revelation it says that, that, that those who read the word aloud are blessed, and there's something uh, about reading the the word aloud or hearing the word aloud that's also different. And I've always caught things in the word, uh, as I've listened to it in the last probably 15, 20 years that I've been doing that, that, that didn't come when I just read it. I mean, I love what the, the man who, who does the Daily Auto Bible, um, on December 31st, how he finished it, uh, he just said, uh, we've finished a journey. And then tomorrow on, you know, January 1st, we're starting a new journey. But what better journey to take in 2022 than to get the entire council. Of God's word. Uh, so again, just recommend that to you if you've never tried it every year, uh, maybe a month or two months in uh, a different person will say, yeah, I know you've said that, you know, one, two, three years and never done it. I finally did it. And they just say what a blessing it is and what an encouragement it is. And um, so those testimonies encourage me to continue to encourage you <laughs> to do that if you if you aren't. Um, just a few announcements before we go. Uh, our NCC Kids and Life Groups are going to kick off this Wednesday the 5th. Uh, ladies, there's going to be a special uh, first night of Circle of Friends that meets in our fellowship hall at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday night. Uh, it's going to be a time of fun and fellowship. This first one will be led by Tammy Martin. Uh, bring a treat or appetizer to share and the drink of your choice. And it's just going to be a fun time of kicking that off and all the other activities and, and kids will be kicking off. Uh, Common Grounds will be open this Friday, January 7th. It opens at from 7 to 10 a.m. in the Rock House uh, just next to us. It's free coffee and food, just a time of fellowship. If you've never been there, would love for you to join us there. Um, And then if you would like to take one of our poinsettias home after the services today, you're welcome to do that. Um, And then our middle school and high school youth, they're not meeting tonight, but we'll restart next Sunday, the 9th. So after that, everything will be going back up and normal. And then... um, Uh, Oh, here uh, we don't pass an offering plate at New Covenant. Um, There's boxes in the back and in the foyer and one over here. Um, And I wanted to share a passage with you from Malachi that I think just goes along with the word that... Pastor Gerald shared this morning as well. Um, Malachi 310, it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and the, your vine in the fields and shall not uh, fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. It's just that principle of, again, of, you know, we give our life to him and he takes care of us. We trust him with our finances and he takes care of us. And whatever we give to him, he is going to make holy and set it apart. Amen. Especially was reminding me, um, Steve Roberts, many of you know him. He and Phyllis have been part of the church for many years. Um, he's going to actually be having uh, brain surgery this Tuesday. So just. Just this week, um, they're they're inserting uh, some leads um, on his brain that will be connected to a device that it will um, collect, send signals to his brain. And we're just going to be praying for a flawless surgery for peace and comfort for Steve and Phyllis and uh, that they'll um, get all those settings right the first time. Phyllis said that they've said that it can take multiple iterations and things like that. And we're just going to be praying that they get it all right that that first go around. But let's pray for him and just close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed us today and that your mercies are new every morning and new every year, Lord. And we just uh, accept the blessings that were sung and prayed over us today, Father. And we pray a blessing on Steve and Phyllis this morning. We pray uh, for their peace, for their comfort, Lord, that they will know that you are with them in this, Father father we just pray that you are with the surgeons on tuesday that you guide their hands lord that everything will go flawlessly uh, that when they do uh, set those settings up that they will be right the first time lord and that they that that we will see the miraculous lord and that we will know that it was your hand involved in all of it lord uh, that just changes his life uh, lord and we just Thank you for that, and thank you for the blessing that they are to to us and to this community. Father, we just give you this new year. Lord, we we offer it to you, uh, and we know that as your word promises over and over and over again, you are with us, Lord, and we trust you this year. All of our confidence, all of our hope, all of our faith is in you and you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
1: for listening to this week's message.